Well, good morning, Burlington Baptist Church. We are glad that you're here. Thank you for choosing to be with us this hour of worship. And if you're our guest, we are honored to have you here. And I'd like to meet you if you have the time. Come down front, and I stay down here. And uh, I'd like to thank you and welcome you to coming uh, to Burlington Baptist Church. Well, congratulations to our graduates. Amen. And congratulations to their families. Amen. 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 We're continuing our series about heaven, and today we're going to talk about the rewards ceremony. Let's pray, and uh, we will get to it. Father, we thank you for the promise of heaven, and certainly we thank you that we look forward to being with you and our loved ones forever in our Father's house. Now, Father, pour through me the gift of preaching. Take these human words and use them to speak to us today and give each of us just the message you want us to hear because we pray to you in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. A young man was driving in the hill country of eastern Kentucky and he saw a little boy playing in the yard of his country home. And all of a sudden, he sees this angry pit bull come across the fence and starts charging toward the little boy. Well, this guy knows that the little guy could not fight off such a ferocious dog, so he slams on his brakes, grabs a baseball bat from the back seat of his car, and runs as fast as he could to get the dog off the little boy. And he starts just beating and beating that dog, and finally, he was able to break the dog's neck with the bat and save the little boy's life. Well, there was a news reporter happened to come by, and he saw all this from the road. And he ran over, and he said, young man, he said, you are a hero. And in the morning, the headlines of my paper will say, brave young wildcat saves boy's life. And the young man said, well, that would be great, sir, but I didn't go to the University of Kentucky, and I'm not a wildcat. Well, that's okay. That's okay. The paper will say, brave young Louisville Cardinal saves boy's life. He said, well, no, sir. No, sir. No, sir. I didn't go to the University of Louisville either. I'm visiting my family. I'm here. I'm from Cincinnati. I graduated from the University of Cincinnati. I'm a bearcat. The next line, next morning, the headline said, young Cincinnati bearcat hoodlum kills family pet." <laughs> Many good things that people do are either misunderstood or unappreciated and they're quickly forgotten. We live in a world that often rewards the wrong things and fails to notice and reward the right things. Did you know that there are 42 different award shows? on television every year. And all 42 of those reward shows honor what's not going to make any difference in eternity. Matter of fact, it won't make any difference in a couple of years. It might not even make any difference in a few months' time. But what really does matter doesn't get TV time. What really does matter does not get shown. It gets no press. Now, that's how it is with the world, but that's not the way it's going to be in the world to come. God is a rewarder. 
And uh, it's essential to know that God is a rewarder if you are a person of faith. Look what Hebrews 11, 6 says. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and here it is, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, heaven will begin with a great big rewards ceremony. A lot of the parables that Jesus told sort of had the same basic plot. Talked about a master going away and leaving for a while, which he referred, which was he was referring to his own ascension. Then it talked about the master coming back after a while, which was his second coming. And the point of those parables was this. When the master comes back, he's going to expect an accounting of his servants. Before I left, I told you what to do. Before I left, I gave you the gifts and the ability to do it. Now, what did you do with it? One of those parables is Matthew, the 25th chapter, verses 14 through 30. The master goes away. He's getting ready to go away. He gives five bags of gold to one servant, two bags of gold to one servant, and one bag of gold to another servant. And the text says he did that because each according to their ability. Now, when the master comes back, when Jesus comes back, he's not going to expect us to give an account of abilities we don't have. He's not going to expect us to give an account of gifts he did not give us. He's going to expect us to give an account of the gifts he gave us and what we did with them. Let's pick up the story in Matthew 25, verses 19 through 23. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold bought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Now, folks, here is the deal. Heaven will be a place of rewards. Now, if you have trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there is no need for you to fear the judgment. Because your sins have been taken care of. Your sins have been taken care of when Jesus died on the cross. They were judged there. If you are his child, your sins have already been judged. If you've accepted Jesus, when you stand before him, it will not be for salvation because your eternal destiny has already been answered because you are his child. But that does not mean that we Christians won't face a future judgment. We will be judged not for our salvation, but we will be judged according to our Christian life, how we live the Christian life. And how we live the Christian life determines our rewards. What we believe determines our eternal destination, amen? And how we behave determines our eternal compensation. And the scripture is full of this. Let me just pull one out. 2 Corinthians 5.10. 
For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Now we have different levels of production in our life and God will judge us accordingly. Now our Christian service will be rewarded and God is going to judge and reward those people who were overlooked a lot in life. They weren't rewarded, they weren't mentioned, but they were faithful and they did things that nobody else but them and God saw. So what kind of rewards are we going to get? First of all, God's reward will be his personal commendation. God's reward will be his personal commendation. The master gave the same commendation to both men. The man who, had, who did the five bags of gold and produced five more, and the man who got the two bags of gold and produced two more, both of them got the same commendation from their master. The master said, well done, good and faithful servant, Come and share your master's happiness. Now, folks, I'm talking about a personal commendation when our Heavenly Father looks you in the face and says, I watched you. I saw what you did here. I remember what you did there. No one saw that but me. And I personally thank you for it. Now, what else could I say that would motivate you to give your life to eternal things because there's so much that we do in this life that's going to burn up. So what more can I say to give yourself to eternal things that are going to last and receive a personal commendation from God? Look what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4. Therefore do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes who will bring to light the things that are now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Here it is. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. Now, is that hard to put your mind around or not? It really is. Let me, let me, let me, let me bring it down just a little bit. Dr. Floyd Clark who was the academic dean of Johnson University for 40-some years, he was my mentor. He took me under his wing, saw something at me nobody else did. But I want to tell you, folks, he was the toughest professor that we had. He loaded us down with more work than any professor on the campus, and he didn't apologize for it either. And he expected us to do it with excellence, and he expected us to do it on time. And also, as the academic dean, he enforced the rules, and they were strict. And if you didn't play by the college rules, guess what? You were asked to leave the college. Dr. Clark stood about six foot six. He could walk in a room and clear his throat and strike the fear of God in you. And you would repent of sins that you never even committed. And I loved him dearly. I respected him greatly loved him dearly, but I also feared him. Now, the night I graduated from college, the night I graduated, he handed me my diploma. And this is old, tough, Dr. Clark. He handed me my diploma, and he said, Son, you have been precious. Whoa! Oh! Oh! 
Dr. Clark, this is from Dr. Clark. And you need to understand that two days before, he had just blessed me out royally, right down to my, he'd chewed me out right down to my ankles for something that my class had done. I was the president of the class, and so I got the brunt of it. And here he is, two days later, saying, son, you are precious. Now, I want to tell you something, folks. That commendation meant more to me than the diploma that I was handing in my hand. All that hard work. When I was at Johnson, I was a full-time student. I was working my way through school, and I preached every weekend. All of that hard work was worth that commendation. And here we are now, 54 years later, and I still remember it. And God one day will get one-on-one with you, and he will say, Son, you've been precious. Daughter, you've been precious. Good race. You finished strong. You could have quit. You didn't. I'm proud of you. Well done. And you know, I have a feeling that we will cherish those words for the rest of eternity. So at the reward ceremony, God's reward will be a personal commendation. At the reward ceremony, God's reward will be an eternal promotion. God's reward will be an eternal promotion. Look what he says. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many. God's reward to you will include a personal promotion, and with it, it's going to become, it's going to come more responsibility. See, faithfulness, you're just going to get more responsibility for it. And God's going to say to you, I saw your life. I saw how faithful you were in this and this and this. Not many people noticed, but I did. Now I've got a promotion for you. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. Now also, folks, we need to understand that I believe that the day of rewards will be a day of great reversal. The people who were faithful, they did not get noticed, they did not get applauded, they did not get exalted, are going to be rewarded accordingly. Remember what Jesus said? He said, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, when will that happen? When will that happen? I know a lot of people who lived humble. They were buried humble. They died humble. And two months and months later, they were forgotten about. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. On the day of the rewards, they will be exalted. They will have a promotion coming. Even though no one here on earth saw what they did, I did. You see, I sincerely believe, and I don't have time to go into it, there will be distinctions in heaven. We won't have the same responsibilities And we won't get the same rewards. Now, there will be distinctions in heaven, but there will be no discrimination. And this is very hard for us in this day and age of self-centeredness to grasp a hold of. Because nowadays, if there's any difference between us, we make it a division. That is not going to happen in heaven. And whatever job God gives us to do, whether it is large or whether it is small, I believe we will be thrilled to do it for him. And at the reward ceremony, 
there are going to be some people who are in the back of the line will get to go to the front of the line. And a lot of us who were up front and everybody saw us, we're going to have to go to the back of the line. There's going to be a reversal, I believe, at the reward ceremony. Some years ago, an older couple from New York City was in Pittsburgh. It was raining. It was storming. It was such a bad night. And they went to this little hotel to get a room. They didn't have a reservation. And the young man at the desk said, I, we have nothing left. We are full. And, and there are three conventions in town tonight. And every room is taken. But I, I just can't send you all back into this storm, into this weather. I tell you what, you take my room. I'm going to give you my room. I'll have the staff to clean it all up, change the sheets, the towels, clean it all up, and you can have my room. And they said, well, we, we can't take your room. We, we just can't do that. He said, I insist, I insist. I, I just cannot send you back out in this storm. You sleep in my room, and I'll sleep here in the office. Well, the next day when they checked out, the older gentleman said to him, he said, young man, you're the kind of man who should be running the best hotel in the world. Now, that young clerk's name was George C. Bold. The old gentleman's name was William Waldorf Astoria. Five years later, George gets a telegram from Mr. Astoria and train tickets, and it said, George, come and see me. George went to New York. Mr. Astoria met him at the train. He took him to Fifth Avenue and 34th Street, and he showed him this, this hotel. And he said, George, this is the finest hotel in the world. I have named it the Waldorf Astoria, and I built it so you could run it. And George Bolt ran that hotel for years and years and years and became a very wealthy man in the meantime. Now, this is what heaven will be like. God is going to say, thank you. Thank you. You served me well. Now, I want to show you what you're going to be doing for eternity. Now, folks, if you know that God is going to promote you, if you know that God is going to reward you, you don't have to worry about not being thanked here. You don't have to worry about not being praised here. You don't have to worry about not being exalted here because you know you're going to get an eternal promotion. You have been faithful in a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many. All right, let's take a little rest and do our reviews. Are you with me? Look at the screen. At the reward ceremony, God's reward will be his personal commendation. Well done. At, God, at the reward ceremony, God's reward will be an eternal promotion. You've been faithful in a few things. I'm going to make you faithful in large things. And then God's reward will be an eternal celebration. And we often forget that. God's reward will be a perpetual celebration. Look what he says. Come and share your master's happiness. God's reward is going to be a perpetual celebration. Think about it. The old King James has it this way. Enter into the joys of the Lord. 
part of the reward <laughs> is going to be an invitation to celebrate with God, to party with God, if you will. The old Westminster Confession says, the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Now, most of us have spent our life in the pursuit of happiness. You know, I, I get so weary. I hear parents, all I want is for my children to be happy. That's all I want. I told my children, I am not here to make you happy. I am here to make you holy and a servant. And I don't care whether you're happy or not. It's not our job to make you happy. But I hear parents, I just want my kids to be happy. That's another sermon. Most of us do not wake up happy. Amen. And a lot of times, you know what we do to get happy? We make bad choices. We ruin our health. We ruin our marriages. We ruin our children in the pursuit of happiness. But I want to tell you, in heaven, the happiness is the starting point. It doesn't matter what you do in heaven. You're going to be happy before you do it. And God wants to give you joy as an eternal possession. Look what Paul says. He says, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. I don't know if you've ever heard the story of Henry Morrison and his wife. Henry Morrison and his wife were missionaries at the first part of the last century. Henry and his wife served the Lord faithfully in Africa for 40 long years. They preached the gospel. They established churches. They took care of people's physical needs. They took care of their health needs for 40 long years. And then Henry got too old to work. So he got on a boat to come home. It just so happened that on that ship was President Theodore Roosevelt. He was returning from a big game safari in Africa. When that boat pulled into New York Harbor, man, what a celebration for the president. There were bands. There were dignitaries. There were people. There was a large crowd to greet the president as he came home. Henry and his wife walked down the gangplank. Not a person was there to welcome them home. Not one after 40 years. Not a person even from the mission board that sent them to Africa. And Henry walked off of that gangplank feeling pretty sorry for himself. And then he said, the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, Henry, you're not home yet. You're not home yet. Hmm. The writer of Hebrews knew the Jews were going through a tough time because they were believers in Jesus. And he knew exactly what to say to them. He said, when all, of you, when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. Hmm. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. Hmm. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. I don't know a lot about you, but a lot of the stuff that I have done is going to be burned up 
when the world burns up. A lot of the stuff I've done is going to just turn to ashes. But also, the Bible says anything we've done to Jesus for Jesus is going to last. Remember that little thing that you used to put it on plaques? Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Remember that? Everything that we did that had an eternal value will be rewarded. And that means you moms, you moms whose husbands doesn't come to church, and you had to fight to bring those kids to church. And every week it was a battle. And you just wonder, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Yes. Someday God is going to look in your eyes and say, thank you. Thank you. You teach the third grade class. You teach the nursery. You teach middle school boys. Middle school boys aren't even human. <laughs> and they're crazy and they're wild. They never take a bath. They never change their underwear. They never brush their teeth. And they're wild and crazy. And I remember my, I remember Ruth Stout. I know sometimes we drove her crazy. But I believe that one of these days, God's going to look Ruth Stout in the face and say, well done, Ruth. Thank you for what you did for those middle school boys at Hampton Christian Church. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe you stayed after work and you talked to a friend of yours who was in trouble or going through a divorce. And God, God saw that. God saw that. Over and over, you have done good things. Nobody noticed them but God. And you wonder, is it worth it at times? Life's hard, isn't it? Life is hard, and it's, 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 a, it's a tough race. And sometimes in our well-doing, we get weary, and we wonder, is it worth it? I'm telling you, at the finish line, it's going to be worth it. Jesus is going to be at the finish line waiting for you. Good job! Good job. Now, we've got some important stuff to do. But first, let's go to a party. Let's go to a party. Amen? Let's pray. Father, the world we live in, it's hard. It's hard to keep our values from getting messed up. And we pray for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. For clarity of mind and purpose so we can devote ourselves to eternal pursuits. So that deep down in our hearts we can say, if no one else cares but God, that's good enough for me. And we do believe, Father, it's your nature to be a rewarder. We do believe that there's in store for us a finish that makes the race worth it. So help us to run like we believe. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Today, we're going to invite you to receive Jesus Christ into your life as your Lord and Savior. That's where it begins. We had the joy of seeing a young man this morning come forward at the first service, gave his life to Jesus Christ, and made us the happiest people in Boone County. And we invite you 
come and accept Jesus Christ. That's where it begins. Because I believe that one day you want to stand before your maker and hear him say, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. And enter into the joy of your Lord. But it starts with acknowledging him as your Lord and your Savior. The giver of grace, the forgiveness of sins. Let him judge your sins at Calvary so that you can stand before him knowing that the judgment of your sins has been taken care of. Will you come? If you would like to pray at this altar, come.